0: Arizona, Arizona sports, sports. The, the local, local sports, sports leaders, leader. Burns and Gambo. The four o'clock reset brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Four o'clock reset. Halfway points of the Burns and Gambo show, which means we get you caught up on everything going on in sports. You come to us every day at four o'clock because you want to know what's going on. Here's what's going on. We start with the Phoenix Suns. Yesterday, the Fi- the Phoenix Suns officially listed Chris Paul as Dave today with a left growing strain. Here's what Sham Sharania told Pat McAfee yesterday. CP3
1: is going to be out uh, oh. at least one week. That's going to be oh, games oh. three, most likely through game five, if they can get to a game five. Right now they're down 2-0, so they're going to have to force this series to get extended.
0: Game three is on Friday. Game four is on Sunday. Game five, and I can't believe I'm saying this if necessary, oh, is goodness. on Tuesday. I hate the if necessary line. I really do. Suns right are here. losing both at home. They're not
2: losing both at home. Nuggets aren't gonna get a sweep here. The Suns are they're not gonna lose both at home. Can they win both at home? I, I think the odds are that they'll be the odds are more
0: likely that there'll be a split. Because of the Chris Paul injury, or just I, because I of how just, things have gone I know, in general? Oh
2: look, Denver's deeper. Yeah. That one two punch is really good. Yo, there's no answer for Jokic. And the Suns bench has been terrible. I think that Denver gets at least one. I don't think Denver gets two. The campaign is expected to fill the void that Paul will likely leave for the next few games. But head
0: coach Monty Williams isn't asking him to be something that he isn't. We want Cam to, to be Cam. He has a reference point. If you look back at our second year against the Clippers and the Lakers. He played a much bigger role because Chris was out. So he can rely on that and the growth that he's made over the last two years. Something else that Monty Williams said today at practice, he confirms that Terrence Ross and TJ Warren could get more run in game three to give a little offense to Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, suggesting it might benefit the Suns offensively to put those scorers out there yeah. with their scores.
2: I just hope there's not too much rust on them. And, and you know, Monty hasn't played them. I mean, Terrence Ross has played I think nine minutes since April 9th. So, you know, how rusty are these guys? They haven't been in real active basketball situations outside of practices for the most part. So, and that's on Monty because he didn't just he didn't find opportunities to get those guys in in, in games because the games were so close. If it's
0: true, it would seem as if it's Monty's plan to counter the Nuggets by just trying to outscore them. Put as many scorers out there as he possibly can and hope that I think the word he used rewards... warts that their warts defensively don't come back to haunt them in a series like that. Game three is still a bit away. It's on Friday. We'll keep you up to date with everything about the Suns you need to know right here on the Burns and Gambo Show, the Arizona Sports app and 98.7 FM. In other news, owner Matt Ishbia joined Bill Simmons on his podcast and says there are no regrets about making the big trade for Kevin Durant. Not
2: at all. You, you got. You, it takes what it takes to win. You gotta to try to win. You can sit there and say, let's try to be a fifth seed. Let's try to be in the middle. Like, and we, could get, we could get knocked out in the second round as we were in the- the second round, right? Or we could win a championship. There's no guarantees to win, but if you don't try, you're, they're going to know me for 50 years as the owner in Phoenix. I'm going to try to win every time we can. Yeah, listen, I like that attitude. I mean, he's gung-ho. He wants to He wants to win. He, he okayed the trade, and, and I think everybody, a lot of people, even if you don't like the trade, understand why you got a chance to get KD. We'll see as they go forward. As this team, you know, KD ages and Chris Paul ages out, we'll see how they do, because it might take spending a lot more on the luxury tax, because they simply don't have, you know, the ability to just go out and sign free agents because of the, the cap situation that they're in. One last Suns note, the Phoenix Business Journal is reporting
0: that a bankruptcy judge on the case between the Suns, Mercury, and their new TV rights partners against Bally Sports Arizona's parent company responded by ordering the teams to roll back the media deal as Diamond goes through the bankruptcy process. Ishbia's statement, quote, nobody is surprised by this lawsuit. It will not stop the Suns and Mercury for making our games available to as many people as we possibly can. The fans, players, and everyone in our organization knows this is how all of us win together on and off the court. I firmly believe the future success of the NBA and WNBA is about getting our product to everyone
2: who wants it versus just the people who pay for it. Yeah, I'm Let's fascinated quote. by this. According to Diamond, the Suns contract does run out after this season. Uh, it's still technically in place and that the contract gives them the right of first refusal if the Suns agree to another deal. Well, the Suns have agreed to another deal. It's, it's not financially not benefiting to the Suns. So apparently Diamond believes they have the right to, to match that deal and keep the broadcast. Checking in on the
0: NBA playoffs last night, the Knicks protected home court against the Heat without Jimmy Butler, 111-105. Uh, Kobe Martin led the Heat with 22 points. Was no match though for Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, and R.J. Barrett who all had big games last night.
2: Yeah, big games for them. I mean, R.J. Barrett who was you know, benched at one point you know came out and played well. Hart's been playing really well from the, for them and they're able to hold on and t- t- to win that game, pull away a little bit late without Jimmy Butler. So Miami gets the they get the split. I'm sure they're very, very happy with that. Now I are going to see if they can get Jimmy Butler back.
0: And then, of course, we just talked about it in the last segment, so I'll just briefly remind everybody the Lakers won game one last night in that best of seven against the Warriors, 117-112. Tonight, only one game as the Celtics look to bounce back from losing game one to the Sixers. According to Sham Sharania, Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, I should say, Told his 76ers teammates that he'll be back and in action tonight, Game 2 in Boston. Yeah,
2: some people think it's a mistake because they did get that first one. Like, you've got a little margin for error here. Give, make sure he's right, but he feels like he's good enough to play. The Arizona Diamondbacks overcame a
0: tough debut from their top pitching prospect. They got the win in Texas, 12-7, to the final score. Of course, I'm talking about Brandon Fott, who made his debut today in the bigs. He allowed seven runs and all four Texas home runs. Over four and two thirds innings in his debut, he struck out three and walked one. Offensively, he got picked up by Christian Walker, who had two home runs and five RBI. Ketel Marte and Emmanuel Rivera each hit a homer as well.
2: Yeah, and let's give the bullpen credit. I mean, they came in and a bullpen pitched four to third innings and did not give up a run, which allowed Arizona to come back. Ruiz, Mantiply, Castro, and Andrew Chafin, who struck out all three batters uh, in the in the last inning in the ninth inning, he. Did give up a hit, but he struck out three batters. Uh, Great job by the bullpen. Four and a third scoreless after Brandon Fatt had given up seven runs. Yeah, it was Man Supply, Castro, Chafin. We had
0: him on the show yesterday. They all did a good job. The bats are really starting to heat up, at least when it comes to Cattell Marte and Christian Walker. Walker now has seven home runs on the season. Cattell Marte has five. Bumpy outing for Brandon Fatt. We'll see. And of course last night, Zach Gallen not only saw his consecutive inning streak come to an end at twenty-eight. Diverbacks dropped the opener of this two game series to the Rangers. He only gave up three earned runs in five innings, but you could tell after the game he wasn't very happy with his performance and how he did. It wasn't awful, but compared to twenty eight scoreless innings, it wasn't what he was looking for.
2: No, and they look for you know, you look every time Zach Allen takes the mound you're thinking you're gonna get a victory because he's just that good. So for him, you know, to only go the five innings with the pitch count up, I was at like a ninety four by the fifth and then Um, You know, he didn't walk a batter, so the control was good. They just, they got the hits. They got hits and they got, they didn't get a ton of runs. They got three runs off of him. Um, But his control was good. They just, they were able to work him a little bit and get that pitch count up. From the Arizona Cardinals,
0: Ian Rappaport joined Pat McAfee today, the NFL.com, NFL Network Insider, to talk about the state of DeAndre Hopkins' relationship with Arizona.
1: Usually when these things don't happen by the draft, these sort of big moves, like maybe they pick up again if someone else, like, loses a receiver or something in August or July, but so I would say, like based on the conversation where it is, like it seems like they're moving forward together.
0: Interesting. So basically, he's saying for now they're together. Maybe that changes in August but if they, somebody goes down. But for now, the Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins
2: are that's together. Absurd. Odd that yeah. I mean, I would think if they didn't trade them, the thought is okay, we're going to keep them. But maybe it is very much. We'll play it out, and we'll wait to see if somebody gets hurt, and then we could trade if somebody gets hurt. I, I got. But they're have, moving on together. That kind of caught me by surprise. Like okay, like like everything's cool, like everything's okay.
0: But I but I understand. I I think it's important to point out that in August, if somebody loses their top wide receiver, you better believe you're going to get a call. Oh, you better believe those rumors are going to
2: fire right back up again, right? Yeah, and somebody might be willing to give up a 24 draft pick then they weren't weren't willing to give up a 23. Yeah, you've already added a ton of them if you're the
0: Cardinals. You might want to add one more. I don't know. I, I think a lot just depends on what happens around the NFL and if that increases DeAndre Hopkins' value. I, I heard what Bickley Murata talked about this a couple days ago and they turned a promo out of it. And Dan's absolutely right. By holding on to DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals have established a threshold of value for D Hop. Like, we're just not going to give him away. We're not just going to let you have them for a... you're not getting ten dollars for this bicycle at the last hour of the absolutely. I'm keeping it. We we're going to keep it. We're going if you don't value this bicycle the way we do, you're not going to come in at the end of the garage sale and get it for ten bucks. But you end keep up it. going back to use the bicycle, or do you put it in a garage and try to sell it another time. That we will see. Don't know the answer to that. Around the NFL, the Jets have signed wide receiver Randall Cobb. Oh, what a big to surprise! Rejoin Aaron Rodgers. That's a big shock right there. Yeah. Nobody nobody could have popped. Possibly seen that one coming, and local product Bryson Long committed to ASU basketball via the transfer portal. Played his high school ball for Gilbert. He announced his decision on social you're media. Only saying it because you're from Gilbert. I'm only saying it because because you live in Gilbert, Eric put it in the four o'clock reset
2: and, and like, oh, okay. a, like a good Ron Burgundy. If it's I'm on the teleprompter. Dave Burns? I'm Ron Burgundy. You guys should try that one day. Put something in the, in the uh, four o'clock reset. That's really, you stupid. should see the teases <laughs> that I write for him. Then you'll know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> let's try, let's, let's try, try this Burns one out. out precise. Something stupid. Yeah, let's try mm. this one. out. Okay. I'm going to read off the teleprompter here. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, is Chris Paul's injury, the most impactful injury this postseason? Hmm. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns nuggets now. All right, so let's run down everything that we know that happened at Suns practice today. Uh, The team did confirm that Chris Paul has a groin injury. They wouldn't confirm how long he's going to be out. At this point, we're still operating under the assumption that he's going to miss Games 3, Games 4, and maybe even Game 5. As I said during the 4 o'clock reset, I I can't believe we have to say if necessary when we say Game 5, but we kind of have to. You know, we don't know if there's going to be a Game 5 in this. I think there's going to be a Game 5 in this series. But Chris Paul's out. He's got the groin injury. Oh, if there's not. It, if this, can this series be over by the time we do a show on Monday? Don't, don't even. It's just that to me is like third rail radio. Don't go there. I, Are you going to show
2: up Monday? <laughs> I mean, that's a, like honestly, like well, that's a poll question. It, well, I Will sh- Burnsey show up if the Suns get swept? Will Vince Murata show up? Who's more likely to take the day off if the Suns get swept? Murata or Bernsy?
1: We'll just make sure to put it on the prompter that he has to come in that day. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Um... I don't know. I don't want to question. You Vince guys are Murata's
0: going to be mis- ethic, miserable, but, but I, I think I'll be here. It's going to be miserable. I know
2: because then you're going to have to talk about your favorite team ever, your whole life. You know, they're not going to get swept. They're that, not going to get. They're swept. not
0: going to get, get, get swept. If they lose um, Game Three, though, oof. we don't know for sure who's starting. What they're going to do? Is it going to be Point Book? Is Campaign going to start? <clears throat>
2: We don't know. It could be campaign. It could be Devin Excuse Booker. Me. It could be look, here's Campaign. You got a short leash with campaign. Put him out there. Let's see. Look, look at Campaign's numbers in these playoffs so far. They're really, really bad. Well, oh, he's barely played. I know, but dude, he like he did yeah, play seventeen it, minutes the other day. Yeah. He, his numbers overall, listen to this. He is he is three for ten from the field, one of six from three point range. He's got seven total points in 25 minutes of play. Three of 10 from the field. He's shooting 30% from the field. One of six from three-point range. And he only has four assists in his three games that he's played. Yeah, <laughs> He hasn't played a lot. Look, I don't. He know hasn't what played a lot. I don't no. know
0: what they're going to do. But but and they didn't. And we're still two days away from the game. But you know, is it going to be more point book? Is campaign going to start? Is it, we we don't know. We'll see. One thing that Monty did suggest today: more Terrence Ross, more T.J. Warren, you know, as a way to surround Booker and Kevin Durant with more scores. Which kind of says to me that the philosophy now is going to be: we just got to outscore the Denver Nuggets. Know, and as I basic know. as it sounds, we got to put scores. On the floor and just see if we can outscore the Denver Nuggets in these games. We'll yeah, see.
2: and the we'll last see. time T.J. Warren played more than 11 minutes in a basketball game, it was March. <sighs> We're in May. Yeah, it's been a while. The last time he played, he played two games in April. He played, but he played two regular season games in April. Eleven minutes and eleven minutes, and he's played six minutes in the playoffs so far. What choice do you have if you're Monty? I know, but but my point is, if these guys come out and they're really really rusty, like to me, like maybe Monty should have found a way to get these guys a little bit of time here and there. Like he did. Look, did you think Monty had his playoff rotation set? Like, in, 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 like, the, like no, 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 not at all. I, I mean, maybe you got to anticipate these things. When he started, Tory Craig against
0: the Clippers, I'm like, wait, what are we doing? Right, Koji well, had they, started how all how the game, been the starter for the last two months. So
2: it, we're, we're mixing this up at the let. Right. No, it's been a constant shuffling here. <laughs> the last time T.J. Warren scored points in a basketball game was April second. Honestly, the last time he scored points in a basketball game was over a month ago. Yeah, it's it. Look, it's no matter you do it, it's a
0: risk. Is you it, don't do it, it's a risk. And it's all because Chris Paul's out, and I, I really did enjoy this little note that you sent as part of our email exchange today to get ready for the show, and it was somebody suggesting that the Chris Paul injury for the Suns might be the most debilitating injury, the most impactful injury for the rest of the playoffs. More than Butler, more than Embiid, more than Julius Randle, who made his return, um, I, I mean, are we Throwing Giannis into this, you know, are, are, are there? Well, yeah, are, are Giannis there, came back. He, he just... But by then, it was. Uh, let's talk about Chris Paul. But I'm going to make an argument for Giannis and why it might have been him. Okay, is Chris Paul the most impactful injury for any team in the NBA playoffs? Yes or no?
2: You know how I feel. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Although the Butler thing, the Jimmy Butler one, could be. I mean, the, the Miami can't do anything if Jimmy Butler's out. They're done. So that's a star player. So I probably would re- revise that and just say Jimmy Butler number one. Um, look, Philly won without Embiid. They won a game without him. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, but I don't think that the that Miami and Miami almost won without Butler yesterday. I think I think the Butler one's the big one. Okay. I,
0: I still think it's Giannis, and not just because they lost, and I know he came back in the series, but I go back to something Giannis said after they got okay. eliminated by the Heat, in which he, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said that they were, the Bucks were too cautious with him, he got hurt, they sat him, they sat him again and they kind of gingerly brought him back up to speed and I, I think the insinuation by Giannis was that they were sort of assuming that they were going to be able to beat the Miami Heat with him limited or with him out and that they were saving him slash resting him for the next round as if assuming that they could advance without him and he in his comments that were kind of parsed through by the media a lot of people said you know he, he was kind of calling out the Bucks for playing for tomorrow and not playing for today I think, I think that was the phrase that was used there was too much playing for tomorrow and not enough playing for today And, and if that was the case and if that's how he felt and if they were really that cautious with him by taking it easy on him and just assuming that they could advance past Miami without playing him if he were healthy enough to go that might have cost them in that series that, that might have been a problem. If they could have brought him back sooner in that series, but they didn't because they thought they could beat Miami without him. Yeah, they gave up the game.
2: That becomes the most impactful injury in the playoffs. You might be right. Uh, so, uh, what's the guy's name? Bontemps? Tim Bontemps. Tim Bontemps. Yes. Tim Bontemps. It says the injury to which player will have the biggest impact on the rest of the playoffs. Now, they're not including Giannis, but I like that you threw that in it. They, they mentioned Butler, and Embiid, Paul, and Randall. He says watching Paul walk off the court with yet another postseason injury felt like a death knell. Of Phoenix's chances of winning the title, the Suns already had a dangerously top-heavy team without Paul. It's hard to see how Phoenix has the firepower to defeat Denver, let alone win a championship. So the, he says it's it's Chris Paul. Now you know Ramona Shelburne said it's Butler. Uh, McMadman said that it's Embiid. Um, Doesn't feel like it's Embiid.
0: They won, like you said they won a game. They without won a game without him. Without well, okay, let me let me ask you a hypothetical. Yeah, and this is just purely hypothetical. If Chris Paul. Paul hadn't injured his groin, but the Suns lost that game too. How would you feel about this series right now? If Chris Paul is perfectly fine, perfectly healthy, and good to go, how do you feel about this series right now?
2: I feel like the Suns could still win it. Okay, because me and you both said that we didn't think that it was a must-win game, Game Two, but we said if they lose Game Two, three and four are must-win. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So. Game two wasn't a mu- now, majority have already said that game two was a must win game, but I felt if they lost if you could lose game two you just couldn't lose three and four you got to hold serve on on home court now yeah. without Chris. Like, I do think the Suns would have won both games at home. Now, without Chris, I lean more towards the Nuggets being able to get one of them. Yeah,
0: okay. It, it wasn't a trick question, because I, I feel the same way. I, if Chris Paul had never injured his groin and the Suns are down 0-2 to the Denver Nuggets, I don't know if I'm bullish on their chances of winning the series, but I certainly think the series is winnable. Without Chris Paul, I, and I, honestly, Gambo, for me, it's not even about winning the two games at home without Chris Paul. How are you going to win a game there without Chris Paul? See, that's the, I'm more worried about that than I am about holding serve at home. Because I believe they can hold serve at home without Chris Paul. I really, really do. I might be wrong. They might end up getting a split at home. And if they do, they're doomed. They'll probably lose in five. But but I'm more worried that Chris is going to be out for game five or maybe even game seven. And that you're just not going to be able to win there without him. I'm more worried about that than I
2: am the other. So I... I, I, he's, I one t- of the, he's one of their four best players. Yeah. and he's And he's not going to play now. <laughs> and you're already short depth wise you don't have the quality of depth that denver does it's going to be hard texas your thoughts on chris paul's
0: loss and his impact on the series to the fan duel text line at 620 620 right now earlier today we talked about a bunch of future mock drafts that have the cardinals taking caleb williams what would such a thing mean for Kyler murray and that's coming up on the burns and gambo show and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. John Gambadero, Dave Burns on this Wednesday afternoon. We, uh, we talked a little bit of Cardinals after the draft on Monday, but man, we've just been so underwater with the Suns and the situation with Chris Paul and being down in this series and their expectations. Um, we, we, we have to spend a little more time talking about this really Interesting, unique dynamic that is now in front of the Arizona Cardinals. With the way they're draft day maneuvering. Mm-hmm has yielded them, like I was looking at, I'm sorry, I should have set up the conversation this way. You're fine. I was looking at all these future power rankings, right? Yes. And and I know their power rankings and whatever, but most of the power rankings say that the Arizona Cardinals, the Houston Texans, and the Tennessee Titans will be among the three worst teams in the NFL next year. Which makes
2: that trade even more intriguing if Houston is that bad and you get their their pick, their first round pick next year. Plus you're also getting a Titans third round pick as
0: well. That could be a very good pick. I mean, the, the the Cardinals are setting themselves up to potentially have a wealth of crazy good picks next year. But the fascinating dynamic just comes whenever you see one of these mock drafts for next year. And I get it. It's just a mock draft. But they got the Cardinals. Some of them have the Cardinals picking first and second. And they have the Cardinals taking Caleb Williams, the quarterback at a USC one, right. and Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver at Ohio State two. Yeah. And you look at that. And, and I know you and I on draft day, You and I specifically on our draft day coverage, we weren't super happy with the initial Houston trade because we thought we wanted more for the Cardinals to move down from 3 to 12. But in retrospect... Understanding now what that first-round pick from Houston might look like next year, in Houston there, besides themselves that they gave up that pick for Will Anderson Jr., the question is, would the Cardinals dare use it on a quarterback with Kyler Murray?
2: Well, I think it depends on two things. One, if you think Caleb Williams is the next Patrick Mahomes, then I think you have to do it. Like, if you like, this is the best quarterback we've seen coming out of the draft in 10 years— But we got Kyla Murray. You don't do that. That was the whole Adrian Peterson. Oh, we have Edger and James. We're not going to draft Adrian Peterson. You can find a way off of Murray. At some point, you can. Now, I'm looking at Murray's contract here. Like if you want to get off it, you know, before this season, it's like $81 million cap. He hasn't even started his contract yet. So after next year, it's like $81 million. Now in 2025, the dead cap money's $33 million. So it goes from 81 to 33 because by that time, a lot of the money will have been paid, right? So not a lot of it, but a, a good amount of the bonuses and everything will have been paid because, you know, the cap is really based on your salary, your signing. They take this big bonus that you get and the guaranteed Money and all of that, and they kind of there's a formula that puts it all together, and then you you come up with what would the dead cap money be if you cut this guy one year into the contract, two years into the contract? Murray's got it. Murray's under contract until he's 32 years old. He has an out at 30, but he's under contract until he's 32. Right now, he's 26 years old. Mm-hmm. So the Cardinals have him under contract for 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. That's five more years. So now we see, can you get rid of a guy one year in? This would be, can you imagine if they have to get rid of Kyler Murray one year into the, the his contract extension? Same thing happened to Cliff, same thing happened to Steve. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Seriously. We gave Steve a contract extension, one year gone. We gave Cliff a contract extension, one year. We gave Kyler a contract Contract extension. One year into the contract extension, the real money he's gone. Yeah, but but I mean, it's
0: different, right? It's it's different because of Caleb Williams. It's different because you're in a position to draft a quarterback who might be the next great all that thing in the NFL and when presented with a proposal like that like it wasn't it wasn't like you know the the cardinals got rid of cliff because they were in line to get the next great head coach in the history of the NFL sure, or okay. they, oh wait no they didn't <laughs> okay touche on that one but, but but you know what i mean right like it's it's just different in this situation because Caleb Williams if he really is going to be all that. I'll go back to the Josh Rosen year. Okay, They, they moved up to number 10 in the draft. They took Josh Rosen. Uh-huh. It, and it was, okay, there's our franchise quarterback. We've identified him. We've moved up in the draft to get him. We did it. And a year later, you know what? Never mind. He's not the guy. They, they didn't pay him a lot of money. I know. I know. It's It's not a great comp. But to me, the philosophy behind it is the same thing. You know what? On second thought, there's another guy out there who's better. On second thought, there's somebody else who really is going to be our franchise quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. Did we make a mistake in paying Kyler, theoretically, if you're having this conversation years from now? Yes, it was a mistake. But the the basic core of what you did with Rosen is still intact. If a year from now, you look at Caleb Williams and you say, we're the Cardinals, we got the number one pick in the draft. How on earth do we pass on this guy? We can't pass on
2: this guy. We can't do it. A big year will be off of Kyler's contract. that 24 season is is a big year like that's a big year this 23 23- you got you got to get through 24 i think to get the number down on the cap i don't know how they're going to do that but this is the first season 2023 is the first season of the new contract yeah. now, and that right if you cut him right now your dead cap hit is 97 million right yeah. after the season it's 81 then after the next season it's 33 so most people feel you're tied to kyler, kyler for two years sure I, and that's kind of what i always saw too with the contract okay but if you but... draft Caleb Williams could you draft him and say look Kyler's our quarterback for the for this year, and then you're the backup. With with a, I don't, yeah, I don't think it, you do it. it I, it's, it's, I'm just trying to think what you could do to, because you might have to hang on to Kyler the first year you have Caleb. This isn't like I, I don't know if that would work. How do you, I
0: don't. I don't look and, and look. This is this is one possible avenue of a dozen different possible avenues. We're just talking about it because, quite frankly, it's the sexiest, right? We're we're talking about it because it's the most intriguing of the avenues. It's like, okay, what if this, right? I mean, there's another avenue of what ifs where we say, what if Kyler Murray comes back and he misses four games and he's terrific and he takes to the new head coach and he takes to the the offensive coordinator and he's he's not coddled like he might have been in the past and he's got a new set of responsibilities and he takes to them and he plays very, very well and he does that. That, and then the Cardinals can take the first pick in the draft And the second pick in the draft And and spin it however they want Spin it to set themselves up to own the draft For the next half decade That's a very appealing what if too yeah. We're just talking yep. about this Caleb Williams thing Really for the only reason other than with this idea that the Cardinals might have the first pick in the draft next year, it's hard to ignore a guy like Caleb Williams when having this conversation. And so you just, how can we fit this round peg into this square hole? How can we make this? If that's indeed where this is going to go, how do? You, it's hard not to at least think about it if you're a Cardinals fan.
2: A uh, year, you don't. A year ago, Spencer Rattler, the local kid, when he was playing at Oklahoma was generally regarded as the guy who was going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. So, just I'm just saying, word of caution here. Yes, yes. You know what? You know, the same thing happened to Matt Leinert.
0: Matt Leinert, the year before, was generally, oh my God, this guy's a canvas prospect. He's going to be great. He's going to be awesome. He's going to be all that. The next year, he was okay. He took a little bit of a hit. Right. Cardinals took, but, but Caleb Williams can change this equation.
2: If he doesn't play well. Yes. Right that's now, a, he's all that in a bag of chips. He's still got to go play like, you know. I'm, I'm so glad uh, you brought that up. Because Spencer it. Rattler was like, you go back to a year ago and look at like, you know, uh, what, what, what are they called? Like the, uh, the mock drafts, like the not too soon, not too soon the mock, mock drafts. Draft. Draft. Yeah. Way too early mock drafts. Way draft. Draft. too early mock drafts. I'm telling you, Caleb Williams was number one on some of those. You, Spencer Rattler, you mean? Spencer Rattler. What did I say? Oh, I, I said Caleb Williams. K- Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler was like number one on the way too early mock draft, and and that is
0: another what if avenue. What if Caleb Williams plays his way out of being the number one pick? It seems unlikely, but what if? Right, like uh, again, there's a dozen different what-if avenues that we could do. The only reason we're focused on this one is because it's the hottest. It's, it's just like, man, what do you do? Yeah. Caleb Williams is great. All that. Everyone says he's the next Pat, next Patrick Mahomes and you're sitting there with the number one pick. What are you supposed to do if you're the Cardinal? Yeah, here's right? the
2: thing on Rattler. Rattler seems like a future number one overall pick. The five-star recruit for, for 3,031 yards, 28 touchdowns, and seven interceptions during his first season as a starter at Oklahoma in 2020. Soon went nine and two. He was projected to be a f- number one overall pick. <laughs> so, like you just the Caleb Williams, he sounds good now. Let's see what let's see what happens when they play the games. So. Rock and Roll yeah. Hall of Famers, Red Hot Chili Peppers, headed to State Farm
0: Stadium with special guests, The Strokes, on May fourteenth. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page at arizonasports.com. If the Suns are looking to refresh their roster, and no matter how this ends, they're going to be looking to refresh their roster. Could would they start would they start with the most hated guy in the NBA right now? That's coming up right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
2: Arizona Sports
0: the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo Talk Suns Nuggets now. And don't forget you're going to want to be listening in the 5 o'clock hour. We will announce a name, a qualifier for our hottest ticket contest sometime during the 5 o'clock hour. Be listening if you've registered. If you haven't registered text the word ticket to 62620. There is still time for you to register to be a qualifier will announce a qualifying name sometime in the five o'clock hour you might be able to go to games three or four at footprint center let's get an update on our twitter poll question of the day let's turn it back over to eric ruby here on burns and gambo
1: burns and gambo need to know twitter poll update presented by sanderson Ford. i right, was cooking rubes what do we got oh we got a lot cooking at over at burns and gambo one word on twitter we got a question about Chris Paul yes. that you guys posed yesterday once the news came down that he had suffered a left groin strain. Cambo said, and I quote, I can't believe you went there, close quote, right? And so we went there again. <laughs> That's right. Let's just keep going there. Has Chris Paul played his final game as a member of the Phoenix Suns. Yes or no? And a yes answer means you think the Suns lose this in five games or less. Well, not necessarily. But necessarily, because not necessarily. Unless he misses it, I yeah, guess. I mean, he I, might I,
0: be
2: out for four, four to six weeks
1: sure, with this groin training. Sure,
0: yeah. It's, that's not a guarantee that he's back for a game six. Um, i am I'm, I'm going to go against the grain here and say, no, he has not played his last game with the Phoenix Suns because I'm... Hopeful is the wrong word. I'm optimistic that he could come back for a game six and that there would be a game six. Now, it's just a guess, but I'm going to say no, he has not played his last game with the Suns.
2: I could see that. I mean, I could see the Suns getting to the offseason and, you know, you're looking at Chris saying, look, I, there's no better option out there. Who are we going to get that can play at his level? We're going to have to just roll the dice again because he's better than what we can get. I could see that. Mm-hmm. You may not want him. You may not want to pay him $30 million, but your alternative is, I don't know that there's a guy out there that can come in and be half as good as him that we can pa- get.
0: Can I hit the pause button on your answer? Yeah? I, I think there's actually a very good chance that what you just said might happen. I I think so. Like they, they would yeah. just go. You know what? We're not going to do any better. We're, we're, the, this, What's out there? We built this team around these four guys. You know, we built this have, city on rock and roll. We're going to go with these guys and see what we
2: can do. You right? don't have any trade assets. You can't trade any. You can't trade for anybody. Yeah. You have no. You have no assets to
1: trade outside of Yeah. <laughs> But I'm going to say, yeah, I think he's played his last game. This one, a pretty definitive split at 64%. They believe that Chris Paul has played his final game as a member of the Phoenix Suns, leaving 36% saying no. He's still got at least a game or more in him.
0: The frustrating part about all of this is if he hasn't played his last game with the Suns, and let's say the Suns get to the offseason and they decide to bring him back, man, doesn't it feel like we're going to be in this
2: exact same boat a year from now? Like, like just another year older. Like his birthday's in a couple of days, he'll be thirty-eight next year. He'll be thirty-nine at this and time. I hate to slander
0: the young man by saying that, but but I also feel like we're we're. we're this seems to be the way, right? With Chris, this seems to be how it goes with Chris. He seems to be,
2: for lack of a better word, doomed. It does. It, it, sucks, does. For it him. sucks for him. Nobody
0: revels in it. his heart s- and
2: soul into this game yeah. his whole life. He's not trying to get injured. This guy's given everything he has to the game of basketball. He's been a great ambassador. He's been a great player. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's got his name the Point God. I mean, in all honesty, like we we did, the, the, we at the older version of Chris Paul, and man, he was really good that first year when they made it to the NBA Finals. And he was actually really good last year for the most part until the Dallas series. Um, since then, it's, it's, been, it's been tough sledding. And we don't have the long history of, with, with Chris Paul that we did with many other athletes. So we, I don't want to discount just what a great career it's been. And it does suck. It does suck for Chris Paul that this always seems to happen it to him. It does. I, I, don't, I don't want anybody to think that we're
0: rooting against him or not on his side on this one. We're just having a very frank, real conversation about the future and the best way to navigate that future for the Phoenix Suns. It it does suck for him because he does work very, very hard at that. Dylan Brooks top potential landing Ooh. spots amid rumors Grizzlies won't resign their small forward. <laughs> the, this is from Bleacher yeah, com. The best fit the Phoenix Suns. Ooh, what's it say? What's it say? Oh, God. Give me the juicy stuff. Uh, going to Phoenix could provide Brooks the best of all worlds, a starting role combined with veteran leadership that frankly won't put up with his nonsense. Brooks would be an instant improvement over Josh Akogi, who has essentially provided nothing on either end of the floor as the Suns drop to 0-2 uh, against the Denver Nuggets. There's a chance for a starting role and a title contender, and not for nothing. Not for nothing. that. Not for nothing? It says not for nothing. I can't believe you didn't highlight that part of it, and not for nothing. Not for nothing, a potential way to get back at the Grizzlies for kicking into the curb.
2: I know you don't want him, and everybody doesn't want him because of his antics with LeBron and Memphis. Clearly, doesn't want him, and you always got to be leery when a team doesn't want a player. You always got to be. He's twenty-seven years old. He averaged eighteen points a game for them last year, fourteen this year. Guy started seventy-three games this year. They don't want him. They don't want him. So he's got to be leery of that. But if he is on a really, really young team, like the only guy on that team that's got any age is Steven Adams and he didn't play, you put him with KD and Book, that crap's not going to work. It's not going to fly. It's not going to fly. His antics aren't going to work here. You gotta think about whether you'd be buying low on him. He's not gonna get the big contract. He might have to settle for one of the exceptions, mid level type deal. He is twenty seven years old. He's got good size at six seven. He's uh you know, he's not a great three point shooter, but he's a he's he's a tough kid. He can defend and whoever gets him is definitely buying low because his stock is down.
0: Now I know you reminded our audience yesterday, but remind me again. Was Dylan the one they wanted, or not? Dylan is wanted? the one that they wanted. Okay, Dylan was the one they in, yeah. the, in the Marshawn Brooks, Dylan Brooks. Ultimately, Kelly I reported that, deal.
2: I reported that the Suns had made the trade and that Dylan Brooks was being acquired. Shams reported that they they had made Woj. the trade. Uh, Woj not Woj. Yeah, Woj reported that the Suns had made the trade and that it was Marshawn Brooks. So throughout the night, I said it was, and at that point, so here's, here's me. I'm reporting that the Suns have acquired Dylan Brooks. They made this trade. This national guy comes out and says, No, it's Marshawn Brooks. I'm like, Did I screw this up? <laughs> like, I'm not like that. So I immediately, you know, make my calls. No, we got Dylan Brooks. You sure. Because, like, these other reports say it's no, we got Dylan Brooks. It's Di- okay. So then I double down. Nope, the Suns believe they're acquiring Mar- Dylan Brooks. But the Grizzlies didn't know. That it was Marshawn Brooks. They didn't know that. They didn't, uh, they didn't know it was Dylan They thought then, they had then, traded Marshawn and the Suns thought right. they had acquired Dylan. And... and then that night, if you remember this, I had a high-ranking front office executive of the Grizzlies call me. Mm-hmm. So I, tell I, me I remember that, yes. A high-ranking, I get a phone call, Memphis area code, high-ranking uh, Grizzlies, front office personnel, Campbell, I got to tell you what happened because like what you're saying, like and he was just trying to tell me his side of the story that they thought it was Marshawn, and there was there was no actual communication between Phoenix and Memphis, but like a third party and things like that, and it just went down really weird. But I remember like eleven o'clock that night, I got a call from the Memphis Memphis Grizzlies,
0: and yeah, that was what two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty. It was before, it was the two thousand nineteen off season because that was the year, right? Wasn't that the they summer two thousand nineteen? They got Ubre, or it was during the C. It was it was sometime before the bubble, obviously. So that was like three years ago. I only bring that up because there. Is history, for lack of a better way of describing it, a history of the Suns wanting Dylan Brooks, December
2: two thousand eighteen? Okay, oh, okay. Sun, here's my tweet: The Suns have traded Trevor Ariza, that bum. Not instead, the Suns have traded Trevor Ariza to the Washington Wizards in a three-team trade with Memphis. Suns get back Wayne Selden, Dylan Brooks, Austin Rivers. I sent that tweet out. Now about this, an hour in December of twenty eighteen, December fourteenth, okay. twenty eighteen. Okay. Now about forty five minutes later, I had to come back and say one more time, it is definitely Dylan Brooks, <laughs> because by that time, yeah, that's what you know. The, the the two teams just
0: miscommunicated. The only reason I took a stroll down memory lane is is James Jones in the past in December of two thousand eighteen wanted Dylan Brooks enough to go try to get him or to think that he had acquired him. Here we are four years later, and obviously there's a lot of water under that bridge. A lot of a lot of stuff has happened since. I don't want them. I, I hear I, I hear I everything I get you're get saying. It. I don't want them. I get it. You can have them. Not on my team. Thank you very I, much. I totally get it. But somebody's going to buy really, really low on a player that's actually yeah. not too bad. When we come back. Chris Paul is out, and there is one member of the Suns bench who is uniquely qualified to step in for him. He's done it before. Will he be asked to do it again? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.